This program is financially supported by the fundings from the European Commission. You are listening to the EPU Access Cast, the first official podcast from European Blind Union about assistive technology for blind and partially sighted people. Welcome to the EBU Access Cast number 14. And here are the hosts. Oh yeah, we had a long summer break. The last episode was in July and uh, today with me, I have Bart from Belgium. Hello Bart. Hello Mario and everybody. Here is uh, Tanya from Luxembourg. Hello all. And Pavel Masarczyk who was in our few episodes in the team as well. Now Pavel you are in Poland, right? That's right. Hello, everyone. Greetings back from home. <laughs> All right. So the your traineeship is over. Yes, sadly, yes. Um, hopefully, I'll make something work for longer uh, in the near future. But uh, for now, let's just say it's over and we're waiting for things to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's how it is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody got some new tech over the summer? I did. You did? Yeah. What did you get? I bought the Bose frames. It's a headphone built into a sunglasses and the advantage mm-hmm. is that your ears are free so nothing is covering your ears and that's what what i was looking for um, and usually we've been known for a long time the bone conduction headphones that sit like in front of your ears and so also don't cover your ears and this is an alternative for this um, it's uh, sunglasses and you have the speakers very tiny speakers in the arms of the glasses pointing towards your ear so it's the same uh, idea with the aftershocks products people around you don't hear much and you can listen to your uh, screen reader or to any other audio coming from your phone or tablet right have you ever been have you ever been uh, able to make the comparison for example between these Bose frames and the the aftershocks i did but only after so i bought them uh, in summer and then after i tested the aftershocks and i'm ha- still happy with my purchase i find the um, the the aftershocks personally not very comfortable on my head they kind of pinch your um your head and um for me it's Mm-hmm. more comfortable to have uh, glasses uh, and the Bose. sound level mm-hmm. yeah Bose is of course a renowned audio brand uh, so the audio quality for music is definitely better if you mm-hmm. listen to podcast or screen reader it's not that important uh, but if you're listening to music you can notice the the quality difference from the from the sound okay. and what I also saw is that the bone conduction when you, the volume is quite high you really feel some kind of vibrations on your skin and it's i didn't find that very pleasant okay, yeah have you been able to do that for example the test uh with the bose frames uh when you were having some kind of voice calls such as like whatsapp or skype or whatever because i found out that for example with the aftershocks the thing is that when you are doing the uh, voice calls for some reason, because of the Bluetooth compatibility or the codecs, whatever, the voice quality goes like lower, and you and the person on the other side sounds like it's, he's talking through the phone, while in fact, you know, you're on, on on the WhatsApp or whatever. And then if you hang up the headset and you go to the normal phone, then you have drastically improved audio. So that's why I'm that's why I'm asking. I did only one test, and but there was also a lot of background noise. So. Uh, and indeed, the person was complaining he was not understanding very well. So indeed, you are adding more mm-hmm. factors to the to the mix, and already the, the Bluetooth, which is can be glitchy, and um, yeah, the microphone is positioned how it is. And as I said, if you have a lot of background noise, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. imagine it's picking up uh, a, a lot from there as well. It's different when you speak directly into sure, yeah. a mouthpiece yeah. of, of a phone, of course. So. Yeah, uh, that that test, but it was not in ideal circumstances. But indeed, the person was a okay. bit complaining; yeah, it was yeah. not understanding very well. Um, and how much do you pay for the Bose? They sell them in Belgium for two hundred thirty euro. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought them uh, in Canada when we were there on summer holiday, and uh, if we calculate, I paid one hundred eighty-one. Oh wow! That's... So a little bit less. Um, 
the advantage was that I bought it there in a Bose store, which we don't have in Europe uh, yet. Mm -hmm. And so I could test it out with my own phone. They let me play with it. Um, I could compare the two models because they have two versions of the of the glasses, basically, because f functionally it's completely the same, but they have a bit more, bit different models. So I could try them on. Okay. And I could really pair them with my phone and see that it all worked as as I imagined. Mm -hmm. So um, I had read before a little bit about it and everything I imagined was indeed working and, and, and um, it's a nice experience. Okay. Um, it's just people out, uh, around you, they see you with sunglasses. There is nothing that shows that it's also uh, having a microphone and a speaker. Oh. So when you're chatting away or you're giving a command to, to, to Siri or to Google Assistant, no one sees you speaking into into anything, <laughs> not in a phone, or they even don't see earpieces. So they are a bit confused. People around you to to whom you are whom you are addressing. <laughs> uh, so that's a bit weird. Um, but on the other hand, so it's very discreet, discreet. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's relatively stylish the only thing of course is that you're walking with sunglasses also yeah in the night or in places where um, people would not usually wear sunglasses however as blind people you can get away with it a little bit easier than than sighted people i guess <laughs> yeah well in my case so, i'm wearing the sunglasses all the time for example so mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't be a problem for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's nice that you got the, the the headset. Actually, now I'm curious. <laughs> so it's 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 a bit more expensive, but yeah, you get decent sunglasses, so mm -hmm. you can really wear them as sunglasses, <clears throat> and you have a good audio system, which is uh, very portable. Literally, um, it has a very good battery life. I would say it's also making audio announcements when you switch it on. It tells you exactly the percentage of battery left, mm -hmm. and it will warn you at twenty percent. Um, with with audio um it has also an app on your phone you can set the language uh and you can um if you need upgrade the internal right. software yeah. ah that's cool well, that that's the advantage of which which the aftershocks doesn't have for instance because when yes, you correct. when you use the aftershocks you get what you get and there is no correct. there are no software updates yeah and we might yeah. expect this from their um what they call uh, AR, so augmented uh, audio, I think. They have quite some plans with, with like what they call 3D audio. So I'm curious if, if we will see uh, improvements there. Um, when, if, if to be honest, when there is a lot of background noise, since it's not directly into your ear, uh -huh. um, it's hard to still understand your screen reader. But I had I had the same experience with the aftershock, so it's okay, not, yeah, yeah. It's it's maybe a little bit better, but it's if if you're really in a station and there is a train going by, you have to pause. Uh, yeah, 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 that's for sure. Your yeah. your podcast or or. Um, what you can do, what you with the aftershocks doesn't work, but what you can do with the frames is you can kind of make with your hand around your ear like a little sound. Um, how do how you would you describe this? So you hold your hand around your ear, and then it makes a little bit like a uh, extended like a speaker. Okay. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. like what you do would you do with a shell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since it's really a, a speaker, it works. But with the aftershock, since it's working with um, buzzing, uh, there it doesn't work. So for a mm. few seconds, you could do this to to boost a little bit the audio. But yeah, also it's not okay. ideal. But in um, normal circumstances, I'm I'm really happy with uh, with the result. Nice. But the glasses don't have a camera, do they? Because I remember them being advertised together with the IRA system in, in that regard that it apparently somehow helps with IRA, with um, contacting your assistant and navigating and whatnot. But it doesn't have a camera. The glasses are just there to look it, stylish. It, Is it, it like doesn't that? have a camera. So indeed, uh, if you would okay. use it with IRA, you would use your phone camera because yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. see you walking mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. two glasses. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the the advantage is that, that at least you you have good connectivity, you have your hands free, but it has no camera. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's nice. All right. So thanks for the short review. We will uh put the link in the show notes for the frames so people can check them out. 
probably it's possible to get them also through the Amazon. You can you can order them from Bose directly, but then you uh, you don't have the advantage of testing them out before you purchase. But you you can buy them definitely in uh, in multimedia stores or um, or order the box online. That that's not a problem. They are for sale in Europe. Um, but just the advantage in both stores is that you can talk directly to the people because I went to check it out in a local multimedia store and they had no, they couldn't answer most of my questions. What what it does, how it how it works. So um, mm-hmm. that that was a little advantage. But you can definitely buy it from uh, from their website or from any other multimedia. Okay, that's nice. All right. Uh, anybody else got something over the summer? Nothing from me. Nothing from you. No. Well, eventually I did get something. Uh, and I will not talk too much about it, but I will mention that I finally found something I was looking for for uh, a long time since uh, I'm a musician as well. And uh, I was looking for a long time uh, for uh, the tuner for a stringed instruments, which would be accessible for blind people. And eventually I found a thing called Rody Tuner. So basically what it is, it's a it's a robotic tuner that you put uh, it, it, you put it on your guitar or bass guitar, electric guitar, whatever you have. And then you select the tuning through the app, which uh, comes, which comes uh, with the tuner and it's paired via Bluetooth. So you select the, all the parameters, you sync it with the tuner. And basically the tuner has a uh, one button, which, uh, which is like a, uh, well, like a juggler thing which you turn around and it makes clicks. So basically you know on which setting you are uh, since it makes clicks. Uh, and then you just load the preset which you predefined uh, before on the phone. Uh, then you just, and when it's when the preset is loaded, it you just put the tuner on the string and it has a robotic system which automatically turns the keys uh, from the, each string and then it tunes up in very, very quick time. And I have to say, it's uh, it's really working. It's really working nice. There are some uh, few issues which need to be addressed regarding the accessibility of the app. And uh, right now I'm in contact with the developers to see whether they're willing to make a few improvements. But uh, overall, it's a really, really nice thing that I was able finally to, to find. Because usually when you are... If you're playing a string instrument and you're low vision or a blind person and you want to use a tuner for whatever reasons uh, you need to, then you have problems because, uh, yeah, most of them are not accessible and they have a screen which we cannot read. Eventually, we could maybe do it with software such as like Envision AI and such, which is successfully able to read the contents on the screen, but it's much more hassle. This is uh, quite, quite nice. Once you get all the presets done, you are done in, yeah, let's say, let's say 30 seconds and you're finished, which is great. So yeah, um, that's what I got for now. Nobody else got anything else, right? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Then we can go to our news section. And now, and now, accessibility in the news. And this month, our news section has lots of things to present for our public. And the first comes from the Apple, of course, because Apple had their event where every year, each September, they are presenting new hardware, which they produced. And of course, this time wasn't different. This time they came out with the three new iPhones. So iPhone 11 came out, which is now priced on $700 price. It basically replaces the iPhone XR. And there are two other iPhone Pros, which are more expensive, have have more cameras. The iPhone 11 original has uh, two cameras and the others have a little bit more bigger screen and uh, three cameras on the back plus one camera on the front. And uh, of course, more capacity in storage and the prices go from uh, as i said $700 for the regular iPhone 11 up to $1099 but i read somewhere that it's also um going to be a little bit more expensive in in europe we will see um anybody i know bart you said that you are needing you need to upgrade your iphone did you upgrade it or not yet not yet what i hear is that the next year phone sounds interesting so i but my point is that i have an iphone 6 and it won't get upgrade to ios 13 anymore mm-hmm. which is not urgent urgent to upgrade um i can 
and I think I will want to see what what's mm-hmm. next year. There are rumors that they could come again with a little bit smaller phone, which interests me because I'm I find the six already more than big enough, and all other models are bigger, bigger screen, bigger. Um, so I will try to wait till yeah, um, till next year if if it's true that they come with something more compact again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, yeah, the for me personally. Something until six inches is more than fine. Mm-hmm. If it's also more than six inches mm-hmm. for the screen, well, it's no longer a phone; it's a tablet. <laughs> so <laughs> there used to so be this yeah, term called tablet, like um, between a, a yeah, 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 hybrid yeah. between yeah. phone and a tablet. But now it's somehow disappeared because all the phones are pretty much like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I mean, the iPad Mini is like seven point nine inches, and like mm-hmm. if you get a phone with six point whatever two, it's not actually a big difference. Mm-hmm. And having a such huge phone, bad ah, man, no. I mean, I now the the bezel-less screens somehow fixed the situation in a way, but nevertheless, yeah. I also yeah, bought yeah. a new phone at the beginning of this year, which I hoped would have been a bit smaller. I saw it briefly in the shop before buying. Then I bought it. I compared against my old phone, which was already a bit too big for me. And it was even bigger, like tiny size, but still a bit bigger. So I guess yeah. we can't run away unless we buy from some startups that uh, concentrate on smaller phones. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, we have all the situations where we have to deal with additional testing, whether the device is accessible of course, or not. Yes. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is also interesting for the new iPhones is the processor A13, which uh, they say that is 20% faster compared to the previous models. And it should consume less battery. So this may be also interesting to have a phone going faster. Yeah, as a, as a as a feature. Yeah, they're saying that currently this A13 CPU on the phone is like the fastest yeah. CPU for the mobile currently so yeah there is also the u1 chip which promises to deliver better location i think they even said inside buildings and probably some other features to come in the future do you know if it's somehow bound with galileo or some other known system for location or is it just some new thing that apple invented and we just have to uh, figure out uh, what it will be like in practice probably it will be i don't know but Assuming that, yeah, as, assuming that, for example, when you buy the whatever phone now you are buying, new the new phones come already mm-hmm. predefined for Galileo. So I don't think there should be any an, yeah. an issue with that. Already. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's great. Most of the phones that we have, uh, or the phone that I have, um, uh, can use Galileo. But the question is if the application mm-hmm. that you are using uses Galileo service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so besides the three iPhones, they also released an Apple Watch 5. Um, I know that some people are interested in getting I one. <laughs> but I am, I'm curious so... <laughs> to see it uh, in a store, which will be from the 20th of September, before you can pre-order mm-hmm. it already now. The new feature is the compass, which I was really looking forward to, because when you need a compass on your way, it's um, not convenient to search for your phone in the bag and then uh, open the compass application and then try to find out where you are heading and so on so i think it's much more easier to use a compass on sure watch the other novelty that i'm not sure if it is interesting to blind people but maybe for persons who are partially sighted is that now the screen will not uh, become black after a few seconds when you're not using it, um, it will just dim. But for persons who are yeah. blind, it doesn't make any difference. But you can sc- you can still use the screen uh, dimming in the voiceover. I, if you're a voiceover user, so the screen will be dimmed all the time. Well, it doesn't make any difference because when you want to check the time, you still have to activate it. No. Um, and then for the material from mm-hmm. this uh, model, they will start to deliver it in titanium blue. So I'm curious to see uh, whether it will be lighter, maybe with titanium. And more stronger. They also deliver uh, in aluminium and stainless steel as before, and also ceramic. Nice! So regarding the software updates, Apple announced as well that the the first upgrades for the iOS 13 as well as macOS are coming on the September 19th. But then, only about 10 days later, on the September 30th, the 13.1 
is coming out. And that on that day, they will also release the new iPad OS. And uh, yeah, speaking of the hardware, they also released the new iPads with a bunch of, of different varieties. So if you are into the iPads, uh, yeah, consider the, the Apple web website and checking out which one do you want, because it's quite, actually, it's quite confusing <laughs> to select which one do you want. But uh, yeah, so they, they released also the new iPads and they said that it, they are going to be also compatible with the Apple Pen, uh, which is not, which is useless for us basically. But yeah, for people who can see, basically it could be a good feature. So yeah, we will have a link in the show notes to reviews about the event as well as uh, the commentary on the podcast from the Apple Viz, from people who listen to the event and you can hear their opinions about it. Um, and yeah, if you need to upgrade your Apple gadget, well, now it's the time to do to do it because yeah, Christmas is coming soon, so you never know. What what I uh, kind of re retain from it is that last year we were a bit disappointed with the iOS 12. It didn't bring a lot of new features mm -hmm. and, and it was more like polishing up. Mm, this year the people seem to be very enthusiastic about the iOS upgrade to iOS 13. True. But for the hardware, most people don't see a reason to upgrade their... If they have already a recent phone, they don't see any selling point for having the, the latest and greatest except if you care about looks and, and colors and everything but feature wise or apart from this maybe yeah the bigger they get the, the bigger the battery also so if, if that's really an issue but if you already have a recent phone um, I didn't hear many people who will line up this year for new hardware but on the software side people are very enthusiastic about iOS 13 features yeah true I guess the difference will be seen the moment Apple starts introducing new features in new iOS versions, which will not be available for anything but the newest phones, which sometimes mm. happened. Yes. This will probably be justified by the new chips and processors, um, yep. but nevertheless, it might happen at some point. So maybe that will come with time. The no, difference you're right. will be felt. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the good thing is that there is a bunch of accessibility improvements and we already podcasted about that before. Yep. So um, eventually, yeah, there there are new improvements on the accessibility side as well to the iOS 13. And uh, yeah, actually, you Apple users, iPhone users will tell me what's going on. Oh, actually, yeah, Bart, you don't have it. But yeah, Tanya, you have the iPhone, so you can tell us in the new new episodes what's going on. Okay, so enough about the Apple thing. Uh, just a short announcement as well that the Android 10 has been released. Um, mm -hmm. It's now called no it's called Android Q, um, and basically there is no before in the other in the previous Android releases they were saying that each of the names had some association with some kind of uh, candy bar or whatever. Candy. Yeah, but this one doesn't have it. It's only Android 10. So it's only Android Q. And uh, yeah, they have an... Android going healthy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going uh, <laughs> they're going to towards some uh, uh, robotic face logo, whatever now they have. And uh, yeah, we, we already discussed it before. Uh, when uh, Google I.O. was uh, introduced about the accessibility improvements uh, for the Android 10. So right now it's available only for the Pixel devices. So if you have a Pixel device, well, if you didn't upgrade so far, you can do that. It's uh, available from September 3rd. All right. So after the, 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 the techie stuff, we can shift a bit to the kindergarten because... Lego started making their sets for the bricks and their Lego sets uh, accessible to the blind people. And when I say accessible, I mean that the company started to produce together with the, with the other institute from uh, Austria and uh, one blind guy called uh, Matthew Schifrin. Yeah, Matthew Schifrin. Yeah. Uh, they started to produce... The audio instructions as well as the braille instructions for currently for the four sets of the Legos. There are there are some sets uh, like starter sets uh, for the bricks, and there are the other sets for the themes such as like the Lego Movie theme and uh, Sky Police Drone 
chasing stuff if you're more like more like into the action and fantasy stuff you can get that set and get the instructions uh in braille you can also download them and uh listen to them and play around with the lego bricks um yeah i i, I found this uh really interesting from the fun point but also from the educational point of view especially if you have like a blind ki kids who are not aware of the stuff how something looks this could be really good because uh, then you can make a th like a 3d model of a certain uh, building or uh, or a thing like a drone or police car or whatever and uh, it's, um, yeah I'm, I'm really curious how they will translate this i guess quite visual instructions um into text and to throw in another buzzword it's of course done by artificial intelligence like everything is today artificial intelligence yeah um I guess it will be in English only in the beginning. Yes, for now it's and, in English. Um, they want to translate though. I'm <laughs> I'm really curious how they will um translate really the because it, it's it's a 3D building blocks of course. Mm -hmm. So how will they really describe what piece you have to find in your whole box because that that's all that's the whole idea you and you start with a puzzle of I don't know how many bricks you get and and they have to tell you take this one and put it there <laughs> but how to to say that in a convenient way in in text i'm very curious and i was joking on on twitter that um if they can do it for lego they could also do it for um ikea furniture how to uh, <laughs> put it together <laughs> and um True that. and and i thought it was a joke what to do with the missing group <laughs> that you have left afterwards <laughs> that's true um and so if, if they can do it for Lego, I guess they can do it for... The, it's also highly visual. So, uh, and what the funny thing was that uh, IKEA, at least in the Dutch-speaking countries, did not announce audio um, assembling instructions, but they announced an audio catalog. So the IKEA catalog Ooh. is no longer printed on paper. Uh, you have to go to the website to, to visit it, and usually it's visual, but they also made an audio version so really they put someone in a studio uh, it, it, that's not artificial intelligence it's a real voice uh -huh. that's reading um six hours and 22 minutes the ikea catalog for you oh my goodness okay you can see it Ooh. on youtube um but it's no daisy no navigation so you that's can just you listen really... six hours yeah. so it's it's like a you gimmick. can make bookmarks <laughs> <laughs> It's like a gimmick they want to make pr promotion for uh, for their online catalog. Um, no pictures in it, so it, it it's really they put effort to have this person in the studio, and it's really unfortunate that they did not make anything more useful yeah. out of it. If they did all this effort, it would have been a little f extra effort, I think, to make it really usable thing. Now it's really a gimmick, but it it could be very interesting. So um, a lot of visual material becoming accessible all of a sudden. Yeah, and eventually this could be like a good plan for some uh, blindness-related organization to pair up with the IKEA and uh, adjust this uh, audio catalog and make it like the Daisy version of it or whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think the implications of Lego are also interesting when you think of Lego techniques and uh, all the programming you can do with the Lego robots. And now that all the kids uh, will be required to learn programming in primary, at least basic, like Scratch, um, and they often aid themselves with Lego, with LEGO mm -hmm. sets that yeah. are meant to program. And a lot of programming is done on Lego. I already saw it at some schools for the blind. For instance, in Germany, there were some experiments. I don't know how far this is accessible, but they at least boasted at their open day. Uh, so perhaps also here, something will be developed mm -hmm. to teach kids programming. So there will be a, a competition for the code jumper, maybe at some point mm -hmm. from Lego. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that will be a Lego jumper. Mm. <laughs> or, or Lego bumper. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we are seeing that uh, many of the adjustments which are being done for our community, it's using the AI uh, much more because uh, from what I understand, how they designed also this uh, Lego pieces, uh, the, the tutorial for this Lego, Lego bricks is that they were using also the artificial intelligence. So, uh, yeah, that would be... I, I would be really... In, curious to to download the manual and check out like how is it described i heard a brief demo of it because i listened to the ted talk with yeah. matthew and it actually says uh, take the long piece and put it in the first row because the whole idea started by 
him and his sighted friend, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, his yeah, right. friend prepared for him the manuals. So she found a way to describe it to him and he used the same principle uh, with this institute to teach the AI how to navigate and how to instruct the blind user of the Legos. So I think they refer to the shape of the bricks that you find in the mm-hmm. box and they navigate you by rows, so third, third row, second row and so on. Uh, so I think it works like that. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense and it's quite uh, simple to understand. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! So after we, you know, we did our Lego puzzles, we can relax a bit and uh, watch some uh, described movies. And uh, you can do that if you are browsing through YouTube with the You Describe app. Uh, Tanya, you know more about it. Yes. So Audio Describe is a platform that exists already for some time. Uh, but now they have uh, mobile applications for, for iPhones as well. Uh, so it is a platform that collects audio described uh, YouTube videos made by volunteers. And the platform already has more than thousands of uh, audio described videos. Um, you can rate the audio description and also give suggestions. You can also request um, the audio description of a video that you would like to see or to hear. Um, So I think it's very interesting. The application is easy to use because it was designed specifically for screen reader users, so for voiceover users. And I hope that soon will be also available on Android. and who, who are the describers? So um, basically any volunteer, so teachers working uh, in a school uh, who want to make uh, the video materials accessible to, to students or also um, uh, persons who just want to describe the video and uh, to help a visually impaired person. Um, so it is open to anyone. And uh, you can also search the database and find specific topic that you would like to hear about with the description. I think it's a very clever idea. You give a platform for visually impaired people to also suggest which video they need description of. And they have a very easy user-friendly tool for sighted people to add these audio descriptions because many people are afraid of the technicalities of adding audio description to existing videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they they make it easy for for sighted people to contribute. So you kind of crowdsource um, the the effort of audio transcribing. They also have tutorials for how how a good audio description is to be done. So I think it's a clever um, idea to boost more audio described content um, on the web. I saw that in the Netherlands they launched a very very similar service. I'm wondering if it's a localized version of this you describe platform. Um, I hope that and guess that they did not build everything again. And it's called Scribit.tv. I guess we will have it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, for the moment, the website is completely in Dutch. And so I assume it, it, it but they don't say that it's a translation of the you describe um, platform, uh, but it's very, very, it's so similar that I, it's hard to believe that they would have had exactly the same idea and that they would launch this initiative only for for Dutch uh, content. That would be a bit strange. Um, but so for Dutch speakers, they can turn to scribit.tv if they wish to spend some time with audio describing some videos for us. And what about the videos that are in another language that is not Dutch? For example, if you have uh, content in uh, English or any other language, uh, do they read uh, subtitles if they are subtitles or... I guess the description is done in Dutch, but what about the rest of the... Oh, you mean, for example, if the video is in English and the the audio description is in Dutch? Yes, for example. Well, English, maybe it's more or less easy, but what if it is another language that you don't speak? Do Mm -hmm. they read the subtitles. Uh, as a screener <laughs> user, you have access to the subtitles If you in YouTube. If you want, you can read on your Braille display um, the subtitles of a video. If, uh, if they're not embedded in the video. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But on mm-hmm. YouTube, with, with professional content, it's often the case, as you say, that they might be part of the image. Mm-hmm. On most YouTube videos, it's a separate track. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you... 
But yeah, the, it might be a bit confusing indeed if you have a video in in spoken in English and then with descriptions in another language. That that I can imagine it's a bit confusing. So I uh, suppose that this initiative focuses on Dutch spoken videos because otherwise you would yeah. Yes. You describe you cannot uh, plant different audio description tracks, or can you? Can you do a, a couple of alternatives, so for different languages, or if think, another person comes? I think and you thinks... can, because what what else would what would would be the sense of rating um, audio descriptions? I guess someone else can come and and try do a better do a better, do a better job. job and yeah. so I mm. think you can choose if there are several, you can choose which one you want to hear. So you that you could use this system, I think, for having different languages. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Nice. So some things are improving on the audio description side, which is which is nice to see because uh, we always need more material described. <laughs> um, and and Indeed. there are some movies which are which are absolutely impossible to watch without audio description. I. Oh yeah. I just watched, for example, the Avengers Endgame like a week ago with the audio description, and I was thinking, like, man, this is absolutely impossible to watch it without without audio description. No way, because mm -hmm. yeah, the content is so visible, and there are situations in the movies where you people who can see they can see that the action is happening, but there is no dialogue. You can hear just noises and music and stuff, but you don't know what's going on. And yeah, eventually the audio description is uh, really something that uh, we like to use as a blind people. I had an English teacher. She followed a um, course for um, movie script writing. Uh -huh. And she told me that the first rule they had was if you can substitute a dialogue with images, then um, leave out your dialogue. So a good movie... Um, has the bare minimum of, of spoken word if if you can make it visual then don't repeat it in audio so that means that a, a good movie would by nature not be accessible for us <laughs> which is unfortunate and it's an yeah. it's an audiovisual medium so it's it's when i guess if you're a movie maker you're absolutely not caring about people who don't see <laughs> yeah but yeah well that's the that's where the audio description is absolutely yes. necessary yeah, speaking of the audio... And with, uh, with professional audio description, they try to fill in the blanks. As you say, in a, in a normal movie, there are a, quite long periods with, without dialogue, so you have the space to, to fill with your audio description mm -hmm. content. What I saw on this Udescribe platform is that people... Um, would pause the video and so it would it would become longer to watch because they they stop the the video and they talk a little bit and then they the, the video would resume because you don't want to talk of, over existing uh, voices okay so um depending how verbose the volunteer is your video can get quite can take so much more time to to watch yeah which is also plus and minus so yes yeah it's yeah. not a critique yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, uh, on Croatian TV, we are also, uh, on one of the channels, there is a described content with the local Croatian movies going on, and now it's airing every Saturday evening and Sunday afternoon. They have reprises of the our local movies as well, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting to see how they do it uh, as well. Fantastic. All right, so after the audio description, we will uh, jump a little bit back to the text stuff, but it's also descriptive. Uh, our next topic is also descriptive. Why? Because a new application called Speak showed up in the Google Play Store because this is a Android application, specially designed for blind and low vision people. And it's a free app, but it has lots of nice features. It works very similarly to the Envision AI, for example, which is paid service, or the um, Seeing AI from, Seeing AI, from, huh? Microsoft, from Microsoft, which is available for the iPhone. So basically what uh, this Speak app does, it's, is it's able to detect the objects in live. So when you point your phone camera to the whatever object, it's using the artificial intelligence and it will tell you what it can see. Well, in most of the times it's accurate. Sometimes it says rubbish, but yeah, we we, we hope it will uh, that it will improve, and it it does get the updates. Um, the last update update for the app was like in in August. So um, and also besides the 
recognition uh, of the object. It's able to work as a color detector. Uh, they are also adding the money notes, the the bills, different bills for the money. I think now, right now, the US dollars are added, but probably they will also add the others, such as euro. It's also able to take the picture, so you can do the manual scan of the document, and then it can uh, read back to you what you have. Uh, also, it's if you it supports like sixteen languages for the moment. And if you are using any kind of non-Latin languages, you can use the app because then it connects to the Microsoft Translator, which you install on your phone, and then it uses its service for uh, the translation of the document, which you scanned if it's a non-Latin language. So, yeah, there are also settings for changing your TTS. Uh, if you want to use different TTS for, for reading, that's also available. and. Uh, yeah, I think I I think I covered uh, everything so far, uh, and yeah, it it has also the barcode scanner. Yeah, I forgot that. So basically, lots of features for for free. Uh, we will do the I will do the demo of the app at the end of the podcast, so you can see how it works. And if you are the Android user, you can uh, test it out. Uh, Pavel, you're as well Android user. Did you have a chance of yes? And testing? the nice thing is that uh, the developer reached out on the Facebook group for blind Android users and uh, asked us. It was like a first version ever of the app, and he asked there if he can get any feedback on that. I shared some of mine, and he then joined the Ice Freak list, and he became really involved in it. So it started off as a project, as in he wanted to try if anything will work out of this, and it grew so much since the first version. I think it's based off the Google mm -hmm. uh, scanning engine, which is partly maybe why you were getting different results sometimes. But what the developer did there is uh, he uses his own AI to improve the quality of the photo. So if you took uh, a photo of a bit worse quality or under a different angle, he's trying his best with his own AI to improve it before he sends the photo to Google. So that might impact the quality for better, hopefully. Yeah, that's what he said. Hmm. And uh, he was experimenting a lot as well. I think at some point there was a feature where the phone would vibrate in order to alert you that it detected an obstacle on your way. Uh, but then I think it was removed. So he's really open to experimenting. Yeah, right now yeah, it's removed. So he's really it's open there. to experimenting. Yeah. And uh, we can really hope that at some point it will be really as feature-packed as seeing AI with all the AI in place and with all the features working. It's really, it's mm -hmm. a really good app and it's re receiving lots of attention right now. So yeah, just give it a try and uh, write the developer if you have any wishes or suggestions because he's really open to cooperate with blind people. Yeah, we will link it. Uh, we will put the link in the show notes for the app and your Android user. Yeah, go ahead and test it, test it out. And yeah, if you have any experience with it, uh, you might want to share it with us. Yeah, send us your comments about it. No problem. We are glad to receive it. All right. And um, after this, we will jump to the traveling side because yeah, though we are blind and visually impaired we are still traveling mm -hmm. around and when we are traveling around then we can uh, well we can have lots of fun but also we can experience some uh, issues on the airports and uh, in the last episode which we broadcasted in july we were talking about some of those but now we found out that ebu published a report about the current situation for the blind travelers when the, they're traveling with the aeroplanes and uh, Tanya, Tanya you know more about it yes so the report was uh, prepared in collaboration with the German Association for the Blind DBSV and it relates to the current regulation EC 110726 which means that uh, the regulations is from 2006 and the report uh, lists all issues that visually impaired persons experience during traveling with uh, planes and uh, possibly update and um, improve the regulation so that these gaps, the issues that are happening because the regulation is not really clear in some points. Uh, 
many of them are um, the one that we mentioned in a previous episode, um, like not getting the assistance when you're coming by public transport, or also you're waiting for a long time for the assistant and you're even not sure if they forgot you or not. Uh, so all of this uh, is listed. And also the accessibility of the websites of the air carrier. Most of them are not accessible. And I think mm-hmm. that all of us know, unfortunately, that they are not accessible. And when you book via phone or other websites, you are usually charged because of that. But you're buying the ticket in the way that it is accessible to you. And this should not be the case. And I uh, have to say that from my experience, I um, experienced all of the situations that they listed uh, in one situation or the another. It is incredible that the the issues that are happening, they're not so rare. So I really hope that... um, that it will, the report will be taken into account and that um, those gaps will be improved. Yeah, that's and that's unfortunate that uh, not only you experienced that or, or me when I was traveling, even Bart, but it seems that uh, all of these symptoms are happening to basically all the members of our, our community. And that's why it's important that uh, EBU published this uh, report. So... Uh, yeah, we will definitely link it mm-hmm. in the show notes and go ahead and uh, and read it and also spread it around. Uh, it's not forbidden to spread it around and share it for the other people to to see what's what's happening and what's going on. Yes, yes, because uh, even when you make a complaint to the airport or to the air carrier, they don't feel obliged because legally there is no requirement for specific thing that you are asking uh for example you're waiting for five six hours at the airport nobody feels obliged to uh, ask you from time to time if you need to go to the toilet but you're a human being it's perfectly normal uh but they say that somebody will pick you up before boarding yeah and that's all and then it, so uh if you make a complaint sure. nobody cares uh, and this really needs to be improved. and you know there are cases where for example uh i am sure that you had the same experience but for example in my case Sometimes you have the situation where you, when, when before you go to the plane, you can go or the first at the, at the even before the boarding starts or at the beginning of the boarding, or you have the situations where you are going the last after all the passengers are inside. So if you have the situation where you have the need to go to the restroom, well, you might be able to miss your plane just because you had physical an issue to solve and that's that's not good yeah yeah it's it's getting yeah. really stressing yeah yeah absolutely yeah. <clears throat> and also uh it would be uh really important to have uh, a phone on which you can access the assistance even if you're waiting and you need something maybe you can ask and also if you're searching for the um, info desk or for whatever reason or information that you mm-hmm. would like to have it's really important that there is a phone that you can access 24 sure. hours perhaps yeah. also there will be a solution to develop at some point an app that would keep you in touch with the assistant who was assigned to you for your particular flight so when they leave you for some mm-hmm. reason, I don't know, uh, you can still instant message them to let them know you need something and they can come back or dispatch somebody to fulfill that need for you. Um, and at least in this regard, somehow it would be improved for some users, for those who have smartphones and, and so on, would make it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for example, that would be one solution. And the other solution we just came up to my mind is that sometimes you have a people who are not taking enough and that's that's the fact that we have to face yeah, yeah. and uh, in that in that situation it would be good for example if the airport could have like a business card with the with the phone number imprinted in braille and also like a large print so they could give the phone to the to the person who needs the assistant and then you have the number and you can call them because of course yeah situation in the airports can can get really tricky and and you can get in lots of stress stressed situations that's how it is yeah i think more options are available sure. easier it is than later because we are different we have older people who are not techy and people who are and maybe it is easier to access the application so more options we have easier yeah the app would be a solution for those who can handle it and who want to avoid international calling charges for instance because you never know where you fly i mean you know where you are flying but you never know how much it will cost to call that line and phone calls for those who don't handle smartphones through that 
in correlation with the EBU report that we just mentioned, uh, there is also a guide for uh, persons with disabilities published by uh, a travel publisher, uh, Lonely Planet, which gives all the resources of accessible um, places and where you can find the information uh, for a lot of countries and also for um, the airports, um, information, uh, whether you can have an assistance, which, well, in Europe, we are sure that you can have, uh, but uh, they they compile the list of all uh, information that you would need uh, traveling when you're traveling as a person with a disability. They The guide is uh, meant for all persons with disabilities, but there's also indication for um, visually impaired persons. And uh, it's a start. Uh, you can have basic information about a country, and then you can uh, and then you can follow the link uh, with more information on that specific um, topic or adaptation or mm-hmm. whatever. And this is from last year, August, and it is updated annually. And I hope that we can see an updated version soon. And what is interesting that you can also send them recommendations or your comments about any places that uh, you think you're interesting from your country or uh, a place that you know, so that they add it in a future guide. And the guide is free of charge, so... You don't have to pay nothing. You um, download it from uh, the website in a PDF format, which is accessible. And you can have all the information. What I found really interesting about it, because I had a look at the website, um, they already did an idea, which I had mm-hmm. in mind that it could be useful to make it. There is a phrase book in 35 languages mm-hmm. with uh, the phrases that you need to manage your accessibility in the travel. So if you need to ask for assistance or if you want to ask for... I didn't look inside, so I don't know if it's there, but I'm just thinking. If you need to ask if the light is green or red because mm-hmm. the lights don't have any audible indication or anything else, it's right there written for you in the language that you need. So maybe it will make more people courageous to travel, even though they don't feel that sure about their language mm-hmm. skills. Actually, now since you mentioned yep. the light perception, I was just thinking about the feature for the developers who are, you know, developing those light detectors for the phone, where they could also like add different sounds for different colors of, of the light. So, you know, oh, there is a, there's a, this and that, like there's a green light with or, or red light or whatever, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could require a bit of AI because I guess the, the, the camera would receive a bit of distortion if you do it in the street because of the sunlight and stuff. But yeah. yeah. But I think it's complicated because sometimes the light is really high. You know, yeah. I think it's not so easy. And then you you have people around you and then you're pointing the camera all around. I don't know. I'm not convinced. <laughs> well, that's a thing to... <laughs> The thing for, the thing for developers, we are just we are just throwing at the ideas here, but yeah. Yes. So the last news before we close up comes from the European Commission because they published a survey about European Union's disability strategy because the new strategy is supposed to be coming out for the next ten years from 2020 to 2030. And uh, Tanya, you know more about uh, it. Yes. Yeah, so the strategy that is currently going on is the one 2010-2020 and they're interested to have feedback Mm -hmm. from persons with disabilities and uh, uh, organizations that are representing persons with disabilities what is good and what is bad not um, what is not still um, well covered by the law and what should be improved in the future with the new strategy that is coming already now. The survey uh, is available till the 23rd of October mm-hmm. and is available in 23 languages and you can feel it in your language. That's nice. So it basically cover, it's covers all the European Union. Almost, yes, almost. but even though you can, you can write answers in your language. And I think it's a great opportunity to provide uh, your feedback uh, on all things that you think you're, uh, are, are still not well done well um, in sense of uh, independent life or in sense of health, uh, transport, housing, anything that you think that is not convenient for you as a person with disability and you can also you have a space uh, 
at the end of the survey to provide your comments with 500 characters. But if this is not enough, you can even upload a file. And maybe if you would like to write an extensive report, you can write in a Word document and then upload it there. Okay, that's good. And I hope that people with disabilities will read that information and probably have to say something about it because this is the time where we have to take care about our future and what what a better situation to do than talk to the well basically main institutions who are responsible for We're designing all the things the that are happening for us. <laughs> yeah so yeah. go and do it and share with your friends so this was our 14th edition of the EBO access cast I hope you liked what we prepared for you. And if you have any more comments, you can send us a feedback over the email and the Twitter, which is, of course, always in our show notes. And until the next time, we are hoping that you stay well. And see you next time. See you. Take care. See you next time. Demo time. And it's time for our demo. And this time in our podcast, we have a demo of the app for Android phones called Speak. So what does Speak do? Well, it's a kind of app which is equivalent in most of the features to the Seeing AI application available for the iPhones. But this application is available for Android phones only for now. And... It is also an, a free app. Since this is a free app, we will see all the features, what it has, and how we can use it. So without further ado, let me open the app. Call Vibrate International Route. Voice access. Call Vibrate Central. Voice access. Podcast edit. Amazon shopping. Call phone or call in visual assistant. Visual assistant. Edit box. KN. Scene assistant. Tap, tap, see. Clean my eyes. Color detector by mobile. Envision AI. Adash D Pro. Live transcribe. Actions calling shortcuts. Remove, uninstall, move item, move to right. double dash tap to activate, double dash tap and hold to long. Options. So let's see which buttons do we have. Except these more options. We have. Read text. Read text. Double dash tap to activate. Scan. Scan. Double dash tap to activate. Non dash Latin. And double dash tap to activate. Non Latin. Now, read text button does what it says it's reading a short text which we received the scan option has multiple choices so for example if i press on the scan button we can choose between scanning text barcode so it has a barcode scanner there is an object and color. So the application has possibility of scanning uh, multiple things. Now I have to say that some of the features are still in the experimental phase, like the object reader and the color identifier, which works okay, but sometimes you can have distorted information due to the camera and uh, the lighting in the room where you want to scan something for the color, but it usually works. So let's see what happens when I'm when I press the scan. I have uh, one paper here in front of me. Text double dash tap to activate back button out of list. Scan button double dash tap to activate. So I will go on retext scan. Double dash scan button retext button. Let's see retext. No text found. Why not? Probably because we turned the page upside down. So this is a blank page. Alright. Let's turn the page over. And then do the scan once more. Retext button. Double dash tap to activate.
notifications. Boom. Double dash tap to activate. Double dash tap and hold to long press. Conservatoire de la ville de Locambourg, adresse principale, famille, slash, foyer, fiche d'élève, ANES, cellule 2 millions 19 000 persiniques, 1 million 980 052 Z, formation musicale, open bracket, division moyeux, NNE spécialisé. Cycle 3 à inscription de. Double dash tap to activate. Double dash tap to activate. Double dash Manipulate the text. Let's see what you, what I can do with this text. Open. Back. Insert point E L E D U Y M. Stop. Open. Double dash tap to activate. Button. Play. Open. Play button. Pause. Double dash tap to activate. Rewind. Open. Rewind. Double dash tap forward. Open. And forward. Double dash tap to activate. Which means that when the thing is starting to read, then you can fast forward or rewind and listen back what you get but you can do more with this text that you that you have so let's say let's assume that i want to translate this complete action using translate so i can choose between just once button complete action always button use a different app heading translator use a different app heading translator Complete action using Translate, out of list. So I can use Google Translate or Microsoft Translator. I'm going to use Google Translate for now. Just once, button. Complete action use. Translator, in list, to use a different app, heading. Always, button. Just once, button. Complete action using Translate. So just once, button. Just once. Tap to translate. Double dash tap to activate. Conserve 20 ELAD. City of Lockenborg Conservatory main family slash home address student she has CO2 million nineteen thousand percent one music training open bracket specialized middle age division cycle three a lower school year enrollment open bracket lower division cycle two slash INF twenty three close bracket heck main ensemble open bracket inferior division cycle two slash TNF twenty two close brain lawyer dcr alumni open brain enrolled in two thousand eighteen slash two hundred one under the umbrella of turn forty seven L seventy five loops and student ID name and surname of the student matter communication edit box new tap to translate new translation button tap to translate so I got the Double translation dash, briefly and I could read what is it and that's what you can do also with the translate button. Back button. Translate button. Double dash tap to activate. Now, options button. If I want to, to see what's available for this, I can click on more options. Share text in list six items. And then there is Double a share, te share text. Copy to clipboard. Double dash tap to activate. Copy to clipboard. Add to clipboard. Add to Double dash tap to activate. Import clipboard. Import Double dash tap to activate. Export clipboard. Double dash tap to activate. Clipboard. Edit text. And Double dash tap to so basically what we can do when we get the text result, we can share that and we can share it on almost any available services such as sending a text through WhatsApp to someone, from messaging, we can send it to email or launch it to Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever. So that's <clears throat> what uh, we can do with the... With the text in the app. Back. Now let's go back. Options. Button. Play. Button. Back. Button. Read text. Button. Double dash tap to activate. So this is the option for reading text. Read text. Button. Now dash lab. Button. Scan. Button. Now let's Double go dash tap and to scan. Text. In list. Four items. Barcode. Text. Double. Barcode. There's a Double barcode scanner. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have anything at this moment to test the barcode scanning, but it does work. I, I tried it and uh, it does work. There are situations where some of the products cannot be found. So it's able to detect the barcode, but it doesn't know what is it. But there are also situations where uh, it, it works. And I'm sure that it will improve over time. So since it's using Google's database of the products, yeah. I'm sure it will be getting the updates. So besides the text, text and the barcode, we have the object detection. So let's see what we have. For example, when I turn it on, what it will detect around. Scanning object. Paper, edit box. Double dash tap and hold to long press. Yeah, this is... And paper. Paper. Room lamp shade. Room. Room. Skin. Hand. Hand. 
Sky. Sky. Hand nail. Hand skin nail. Hand. Hand muscle. Sky. Room. Room shelf. Room. Chair. So we can see that uh, this object detection is quite accurate. In fact, I was uh, just going with my phone around and it was saying to me what it found, which is nice. And we have also... Scan button. Double dash tap to activate. Text, barcode, object, color. Color identifier. So let's see what it will say. Scanning color. Dark olive green. Black. Dark slate gray. Dim gray. Steel blue. Black. Mm -hmm. Dark slate gray. Black. So basically all the objects uh, which I tried to recognize for their colors, uh, it was more or less able to detect correctly which colors I have around because I know what uh, the items which I scanned, which colors they are. So, yeah, we can see that the app is quite accurate. And now let's explore this more options screen, which is at the beginning of the app. Scan, retext, button. 18 colon zero options, button. Tutorial, list eight items. So there is Double tutorial. Dash Select text to speech engine. There Double is dash tap to option for selecting text to speech. Language detection. Double dash tap to activate. Language detection. Set talking speed. Double dash tap to activate. Set talking speed. Set text size. Double dash tap to activate. Dart word set text. Dart default. Select text size. Invite friends. Double dash tap to activate. Invite friends to use the speak app. Read app. Double dash tap to activate. There is option for rating the app on the Play Store. Contact developer. Double dash tap. And contact the developer. So when we go in each of the sub options, these are more or less self-explanatory. I won't go inside of them. But uh, yeah, you can see, so you can select really various things. Um, if you are using any kind of languages in the European Union, most of them are being recognized correctly. If you're using multiple TTS engines, which support many languages, you can also do that. It does work. And as long as you have the language detection turned on uh, to automatic in the Speak app, then uh, when you select something and scan it, for example, you scan the text and you see that the text I got was in French, it will automatically start to read in the language which you have, which is a, a very good feature, I have to say. So... Overall, this was a short, but I hope informative demo about the Speak app. It's a free app. You will have the link for the app in the Play Store. So go ahead, try it out. I think that this is a great thing for our community that the developer supports us and he responds very quickly to emails. So if you got something to report, don't hesitate to contact him. Thank you very much. My name was Mario Percinic and see you in the next demo. Thank you for listening. This has been EBU Access Cast. Access Cast.